And the show must go on. Yes, it was a rough night for men's basketball, but that doesn't mean we're not going to have a Bulls beat, and certainly there's a lot more going on at USF Athletics that we'll tell you about on the program. In fact, women's basketball back at the Yingling Center on Sunday. We've also got tennis, the women with their home debut today, and on Saturday, a doubleheader for the men. You'll hear about all three of those opponents, track and field, with two different events in the Boston area. We'll preview that for you. Also, here's some great clips that we collected from yesterday. We said it was going to be a nice day of Michael Kelly recording podcast, and it sure was, but also late last night, and I mean, give Brian Gregory all the credit and Jim Lighthall in the world after a tough game and a long bus ride home. After all of that, the two guys sat down and recorded about a 45-minute Brian Gregory show. You'll hear a couple of clips of that. And we'll, of course, be airing that show throughout Friday and sprinkle it in throughout the weekend as well. What else is happening? Oh, yeah. The other audio we gathered on Thursday was at the Softball Media Day. It was wonderful to be back on the field talking to head coach Ken Erickson along with standout pitcher and human being Georgina Korik, along with somebody who missed last year due to injury, Megan Sheehan. We're not going to give you all of what they had to say because we got to squeeze in some conference news around the American at the end of the hour. So let's get right to it. You'll hear softball in our next block. And unfortunately, last night is kind of what I feared and what you frankly might have expected to happen the second go around between USF and UCF. Again, the Bulls hadn't defeated the Knights since 2014 at home. Almost forgot until the Bulls won three years ago the home meeting at the Yingling Center. They had dropped nine in a row in this series, so the Knights have had the better of the Bulls for the most part, and they certainly did on Thursday night in Orlando. The Bulls, as you'll recall, had their way with UCF in the first meeting, and it was all sorts of fun, 75-51, but even as I was, well, actually producing that broadcast back at Amelie Arena, that was the game when I stepped in for some folks that were unavailable uh, you couldn't help but towards the end go okay maybe UCF can make some shots and the Bulls can miss some because let's save it for Orlando and well the Knights had their fun in this one after going two for 20 against the Bulls from three-point land in this game 14 for 32 and Darren Green you knew he wasn't going to go over again six for 12 Bulls actually started off after some turnovers early with an 11-8 lead. Caleb Murphy hit his first three-pointer of the year, scoring nine straight of those 11 points for the Bulls. And so at this time, coming out of the second media timeout, the Bulls had more three-pointers than UCF. Well, the Bulls wouldn't hit another in the first half, and the Knights would hit six. And once Darren Green got going, that was pretty much that. Here come the Knights the other way. Fuller from 17 straight on. That hits the back iron and goes all the way into the corner. And the fourth offensive rebound for UCF. Brian Gregory doesn't like that at all. Here's Mann with a quick trigger three. It's good. Right over D.J. Patrick. And that ties the game at 11. Jameer Chaplin being guarded by Isaiah Adam. Dribbles to his right. Here comes a double team. Comes back to his left. Gets to the free throw line and just got body blocked by Brandon Mahan. Mahan standing over Jameer Chaplin talking. And Corey Walker and Mahan are getting into it now. Mahan threw the body block into Chaplin, then stood over him and was taunting him. Yeah, Corey wasn't going to have any of that. He's he's ready to go. Corey is not going to take any uh, any nonsense from anybody. 9-10 and running first half in a tie game. Right side green, wide open, lets one fly, and that's good. That's too much real estate for him. 
You do not want to let him get his confidence going, and he appears to have that confidence going right now. Right side pass, Jameer Chaplin. Down low it goes to Chiwa. Here comes a double team. Spins through it, lost it on the left-handed. Layup and followed up by Jameer Chaplin for a two-handed dunk. Number 24 came flying in from the rafters. Well, good Chapl good for Chaplin. Chiwa, meanwhile, is really struggling, but Chaplin made up for it and dunked it home to pull the Bulls within one point. 14-13, left side three by UCF is good. There he is, Perry, and they're going to start heating up. They just had to see the ball go through the basket once. Lead pass to Jameer Reynolds. He drives to the basket. Layup is around the rim and in. UCF on a little run. They made four shots in a row. I think Brian Gregory wants a timeout here. Yeah, the, the tempo of the game has gotten away from the Bulls as the Knights take the 19-13 lead. Chaplin with 10 to go on the shot clock. Drives it in, throws it up off the window. No good. Russell Chiwa follows in a one-handed dunk. Julia Bears noting also that this run by UCF has come with Javon Green on the bench. Darius Perry out on the logo, dribbling to his right. Goes left side to Green. Comes off the screen, fires a three, go. Wow. And it was a good screen. One that knocked Javon Green off his moorings. Here's Green back the other direction, fires a three again from long range. And that one's good. Goodness gracious. I think it's safe to say that Darren Green has regained his confidence. He's on fire, 11 points. They better watch out because Darren Green right now, Joey, could be outside the building and he would shoot one through the window right now. Yeah, that last three-pointer was like a Steph Curry range. He crossed midcourt, got his feet shuffled and let it fly, and that thing was nothing but net. Joey, they've made six shots in a row. UCF has from the floor. That's why the lead is eight, 25-17, largest lead of the game. Johnson, pass inside. Adams with a touch pass inside. They kick it out to Green. He relocates left side, shoots a three, and it's good. Man, he is seeing a manhole up there right now. Yeah, and he is just a clever guy with the way he positions himself. And once he, he spots up, that ball's going in. He's got 14 points. He is four for seven from three. I think that's enough highlights, don't you? Yes, that gives you the picture of what happened. Four threes for Green in the first half, actually just hitting a couple of threes in the second half where it was Darius Perry's turn to pick it up. He was four of six. He scored 13 points as a team, 14 for 32 compared to the Bulls, just two for 13. Jameer Chaplin, one for seven, and they... Kept on shooting them now after they made three straight midway through the second half to take a 61-37 to lead. And again, I say three straight almost casually, three in 90 seconds, and that's more than the Bulls made in the entire game. Darren Green, 23 points. Darius Perry, 20 to go along with five assists. The Knights' next five shots were all threes as well, all misses. Green would hit one towards the end of the game. So you look at it from the midway point of the second half on, UCF only attempted one two-point shot, where the Bulls only attempted a couple of three-point shots. As a matter of fact, more than 50% of the Knights' attempts were from three. 14 for 32, they attempted 56 shots. Interestingly enough, until four games ago, they hadn't done that all year as far as more than half of their attempts being from distance. Almost against East Carolina five games ago, they were 15 for 30 and needed all of those because it went to overtime. But then the next game, they got a big win against Tulane, 12 for 34 on threes, 34 attempts out of 60. And then the game before they played the Bulls, which was last Saturday against Houston, 28 of their 52 attempts were from three, but uh, they only made six of them. A lot better success against the Bulls, who got 13 points from Russ Chiwa, who won't be attempting any threes anytime soon. Byron Matos also had six rebounds for the Bulls, but that category they destroyed UCF in in the first meeting. 
flipped around also in this one, 42 to 32 was the Knights' advantage. Two starters for the Bulls combined went one for six from the floor. Javon Green, who went off against the Knights in the first meeting for 19 points, four in this one. He did have seven assists. Sam Hines only scored four as well. Kayla Murphy ended up with 11 points, but just five of 16 shooting. You get the idea. Here's a little Brian Gregory after the game. You know, they're, they're a prolific three-point shooting team with three guys that can that can really get it going. And Green got loose a couple times, but, you know, he, the six threes, three of them are on kick-out offensive rebounds. I thought Javon in two games did as good a job as anybody around in terms of just in the half court guarding him. You know, he got the one transition three. He got three threes on... Um, he got two transition threes, as a matter of fact. In half-court settings, I think he hit, it just hit one or two. You know, so we did not rebound the ball, and you have to rebound the ball against these guys, and you have to, you have to do a good job, you know, guard rebounds. And um, we, did, we did not get that. Uh, Javon got four. Chap got three on the defensive end. But you, those guys need to be in the six or seven range in, in, in a game like this because they're shooting a lot of threes. So long shots equal long rebounds. So the big guys are battling inside. We got to come up with those, those rebounds along the free throw line. And, and we just did not do that. You add that to, to them making some shots. And obviously, uh, Perry off the bounce hurt us t- tonight as well. But, um, you know, tail of two games, I thought uh, they were the first to the floor in a lot of cases today. I thought the last 10 minutes, we, yeah, I thought the first... 15 minutes we played the way we're you know capable of playing and then I thought the last six or seven minutes we got back and fought a little bit I thought that the the tide turned a little bit in the last three four minutes of the first half we had four four or five bad offensive possessions with quick shots we want to attack in transition we want to push the ball up the court we want to attack their pressure which I thought we did but when you get to the half court you can't throw one pass and take a shot you got to try to break them down and we we uh, were doing that uh, last four minutes of the first half, we didn't do that, and that really cost us. Uh, two, three-point game goes up to 12, and uh, that really hurt us. And much more of Coach Gregory. Again, I know it's difficult right now. The Bulls have only won one game in conference, and that seems like ages ago. Six and 14 overall, but five out of their next six games at home starting Monday against Temple, so a chance to maybe get things going in the right direction as we get towards the postseason in the American Athletic Conference tournament. So Brian Gregory and Jim Lighthall sat down after midnight back home and recorded the Brian Gregory Show. If you want to hear that again, we're playing it throughout the next few days on the channel. On Sunday at 11.45, we'll hit the air for women's basketball against Tulane. Bulls have beaten the Green Wave 19 times in a row, but I'm telling you, most of the games have been down to the wire slash competitive. The recent meeting was the second one of the conference season for the Bulls, and they win it 75-62. They got dominant performances underneath. Betty Menunga played the entire game, 26 points, 12 boards. Dulcie Fankamengiadu, 23 points, 8 boards. 26 were a career high for her. They went combined from the floor, 17 for 23, and combined from the free throw line, 15 for 16. Now, the guards didn't do much scoring, obviously, but those two ladies did. And I'm sure the Bulls will be trying to go inside. Tulane really doesn't have much of an answer. They were able to attack Mia Heidi, the starting center for Tulane. Green Wave have, along with Heidi, many experienced players in either their fourth or fifth seasons with the Green Wave, like Crystal Freeman and Dinah Jones and Kayla Anderson and Sierra Cheatham. They also have brought in 
Arsula Clark. She is in her third year now at Tulane. She's a fifth-year player, though. And speaking of that, same can be said for the Baylor transfer, Moon Urson, who at the time of that first meeting was leading the Green Wave in scoring and rebounding. And she goes five foot six now. Her rebounding count has kind of gone down since that game. In fact, the Bulls held her off the board. She just had three tying her season low. In fact, she's been single digits in boards the last four games. So she was once averaging 10.2 rebounds. That was the only time she was above 10. That was going into the Bulls game. Now it's 8.9 boards, but still leads them in scoring. And since that loss to the Bulls, they would go to 0-3 in conference. They're now 4-4. and And the only loss since the 0-3 start was a game where they had UCF 22-9 to in the first quarter and had them down in the fourth quarter, and they ended up losing by just two points. So Tulane has gotten it going, stepped out of conference on Wednesday. This was to help make up for their own holiday classic pre-Christmas that did not get played due to COVID reasons. So they scheduled a meeting first ever in school history against Tougaloo College, 97-43. to out-rebounding Tougaloo, 73-35. Uh, kind of outmatched opponent. In fact, four green waves scored their career highs, and we're talking about four players who did not see the court against the Bulls in the first meeting. So you would imagine it'll be a, a little lower score for Tulane, and if the Bulls can outscore the green wave, that'll be 20 in a row in the series. be great to be back with Bridge Miranda at the Yingling Center for your call. We'll be on the air at 11.45 of the pregame and a noon tip on Sunday, and we'll replay that first meeting against the Green Wave several times over the weekend, getting you set for that one. Coming up next, we'll get you set for what's happening with tennis today and tomorrow, all at home, quite far away from home on the indoor tracks in Boston for two events, track and field. We'll set that up for you. You'll hear some clips from softball on Media Day as well. And remember, five till the end of the hour is around the American, so lots to come. This is Bulls Beat.